Do you have questions about your retirement? Most of us do, right? And did you know that estate planning is not just for the ultra wealthy? It's for all of us. Steve Hoyle, host of Retire Texas Style, can help you create an income plan for life as well as protect your family and your assets. Hear more about Steve, his team, and his strategies Sunday afternoons at 3 and Tuesday evenings at 6, right here on News Radio KLBJ. Live and local, every afternoon, 2 to 4. This is Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Call or text them at 512 836 0590. Appreciate the heck out of your show. I've been listening for a long time. Now, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're having a good afternoon. It's 3.03. What a news day today. We're getting your thoughts on all of the major stories at 512-836-0590. Jack is here producing, and Kim is in South Austin on KLBJ. Hi, Kim. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I wanted to comment on this homeless situation. I live close to the Sunrise Community Church, which I get that they're trying to help these people, but it does attract the homeless to the neighborhood. There was a gentleman sitting out on the curb for over a year, and I tried several times to get help for him. I called uh, mental health places here in the city, and they would not pick him up unless he wanted to go. It wasn't until he started uh, shooting at someone that the police finally came and picked him up. Mm. I don't understand why we can't contact. I mean, there's a lot of mentally ill people walking around on the streets. It's very obvious which ones they are. Why can we not call uh, Austin Mental Health and get people to go out there and get them and help them? The thing is, I think one of the problems, Kim, where are you going to put them? And by law, you can only hold them for a certain amount of time. It's a terrible situation. We are woefully understaffed, and we don't have the facilities. We need to do a better job on mental health facilities. Well, even if we were to have camps, legal campgrounds, similar to the Esperanza, where we kept them clean and we let people camp there and we sent services out to them. That's better than the willy-nilly letting them run around and do crazy things in people's neighborhoods. We found a guy sleeping in my husband's car the other night. Mm. And then what happened? Well, he left and there wasn't any big fuss about it, but, you know, they, they don't have any place to go. The city has plenty of land. They should create legal campgrounds where they're all in one place they should offer police protection, they should observe them, and then they should send people out to service them right there at the camps. We have heard from police and other officials, Kim, regarding your very first question that the current laws in Texas make involuntarily commitment for these people very, very difficult. And uh, they have the power to do it for a limited amount of time, as Ed noted, but for long-term commitment against their will, it is very, very difficult. And I don't know why the legislature has not corrected that. They should. They should. They Mark. absolutely yeah. should. It, it's it's for the benefit of not only themselves, but for the community. Right. And if the facility is a decent community, it's certainly a, you know, a decent facility. It's certainly a step up from being out on the street. Yes. There's nothing humane about keeping them on the corner like that. No. no. Nothing whatsoever. Thank you, Kim. You have a good day. 512-836-0590. Meg is on 2222. Welcome, Meg. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. Um, I wanted to weigh in on Biden 
appealing to the people in Michigan. Yes, I, yes. I'll, I'll, I'll be bright. I'll be brief. But the the heinous acts that the uh, um, uh, Hamas, Gazans, yeah. yeah, that Hamas committed in Israel are exceptional. They are, you know, of a kind that we haven't seen anywhere. Um, they didn't just kidnap people. They could have kidnapped people and said, okay, we've got all of these people. What are you going to do for us? But they committed heinous acts. And I kind of feel like if Biden is our president, show some presidential leadership instead of beefing about how this is going to cost his campaign. I know that's not what they call real politic or whatever, but I just think he needs to you know, stand up for what he thinks is right. And the other thing is, Americans killed um, people in Germany who were civilians during that war. I mean, seriously, what else is Israel supposed to do? Those people have committed themselves to kicking Israel or, you know, killing every Israel they could find. And I kind of feel like, come on, Biden, say it, step up. He's not going to do that, Meg. He's already decided that his top priority is getting reelected, and he'll do whatever it takes to make that happen, including acquiescing to those in Michigan who are pro-Palestinian. You know, though, I really think my, my greatest objection to him is that he has lived his entire political life in service to getting reelected. I have no idea what his convictions truly are. I don't think he actually has any. Anyway, thank you very much. Have a great afternoon. You too, Meg. Thank you. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text to join the conversation. They're all political animals up there. It's that thirst for power. And I'm with you, Meg. This would be the time when I think Joe Biden would be admired by more people or show some presidential strength if he said, no, this is what I believe this is what I believe our country should do, and I'm not kowtowing to political activists in the state of Michigan and leave it at that. And so be it if he doesn't get that support of the Muslims in, in Michigan. Be presidential. That's not how it works. It's all about no, it work. who's voting for me, who's my base, because he sees it beyond. Okay, it's, ju- it's not just Michigan. He's having trouble with a lot of younger voters yeah. uh, that are said to have gotten him into office that agree with those in Michigan that he needs to do something. And so if he were to say that to Michigan, then he's saying that to all the younger voters, then that will never happen. You're never going to do the base that is said to have gotten you into office. Uh, And if you're just touching base with us, the special counsel appointed to investigate President Biden's handling of classified documents as a senator and vice president has wrapped up his report today He is urging that no criminal charges be filed against President Biden. And uh, he went on in 356 pages to explain what his investigators found. Melinda, one of the key things in the report are special counsel hers comments about the mental condition right now of President Biden. Yeah, he said part of the reason he declined to prosecute the president was due to age and poor memory, that that may create a reasonable doubt for jurors um which is just absolutely pathetic if it's a crime it's a crime i don't care if it's an 80 year old man that can't remember that his name it's still a 
crime. But it went on to just kind of list some of the things that during their investigation and talking with Biden that they encountered with not being able to remember, remember. Yeah. Uh, when he was in office as vice president and sadly even when his son, when his oh. son passed away. Now, Biden has put out a statement in regards to this report being released today and he said he was pleased to see that they reached the conclusion that he believed they would reach all along he said you know it was an exhaustive investigation going back more than 40 years uh, he said he cooperated completely threw up no roadblocks bo- sought no delays and that he just believed it was good to get this done because he owed the american people the knowledge of knowing that no charges would be brought and the matter would be closed. He ended his statement with, over my career in public service, I have always worked to protect America's security. I take these issues seriously, and no one has ever questioned that. Donald Trump has also released a statement that says, two-tier system, drop my case now. The special (laughs) case, well, someone, someone said it's different because Donald Trump didn't, her said that in the yeah. report. He said, I'm going to contrast this to Donald Trump. And Donald Trump had multiple chances to return the, the documents and, and avoid prosecution, which he did not do. Uh, in Donald Trump's statement after this report came out, uh, he said, big difference. This guy, it says, willfully took this without having the authority. Again, he reiterates he had the authority as being president. He said, I have secret service. My stuff was secure at all times. One thing uh, I want to check into in this report were previous reports that the Chinese government had funded the Biden office in Washington, D.C. after he left the vice presidency at that University of Pennsylvania satellite office in Washington, and he had classified documents at that office. I wonder if her addressed that. The, the question is, did anyone from China have access to those classified documents that Biden had in his office? Uh, that'll be interesting to go deeper into that report and see if he even touched on that subject. 512-836-0590. It's Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. And you can stream the show live on your digital device via the free news radio KLBJ app. The Washington Times has a report today saying amid the explosion of violent carjackings and armed thefts in Washington, D.C.'s downtown area, workers who have permits to carry concealed handguns are still forced to go unarmed throughout much of the city. D.C. has expansive restrictions on where citizens can legally carry their guns. Officials say this is contributing to the rising crime. What do you make of it, Melinda? Mm. It definitely sets up for more victims when there's no way to defend yourself in any of these. The criminals know that. They don't pay attention to where they can or cannot carry. They don't care what the law says. And all this does is it puts those that legally have gotten a permit, which I believe you have to have in D.C. in order to, to have a gun and to carry it, Uh, It puts them in jeopardy. I did find it very interesting, as usual, 
you have all of these restrictions in place for the everyday person, but exceptions to the rules are made for those members of Congress. Yeah, that's a, that's that's the fly in the ointment to me. You are you're hamstringing good law-abiding citizens who want the extra protection of having a handgun. And I know the other side will say, "Oh, more guns mean more problems." No, you've got a bunch of thugs and bad people in Washington, and now this is almost a, a, an invitation to say, okay, they're going to take their chances and go up to someone. I, I, I would hope that these people will, will, and I don't want people to break the law, but if you feel so compelled as you drive home or drive around Washington, D.C., keep that gun handy because it could save your life. This story says those federal workers who do go into an office building and work are not allowed to have a gun with them, even if they have a permit from the city. They can't even store it in their vehicle in a federal parking lot. Uh. Which is crazy. I mean, it's crazy when even in California where you have to have the gun locked up in your trunk or locked up in a case uh, where it's not easy access if you need it. They're not even allowed to do that Mm -hmm. in D.C. Yeah. There are 8,000 people who have a carry permit in Washington, D.C., but much of the city is blocked off from them being able to carry at any point. You can weigh in with your thoughts at 512-836-0590. This is the local city council of Washington, D.C. that has set up these so-called gun-free zones. Uh, the criminals don't adhere to gun-free zones. They don't. And we had the story about you know the uh, guy that worked for President Trump, carjacking, dead. You see these all the time. What is, it's gone up exponentially this year. Carjackings. Carjackings, the most one of the most frightening things that can happen to people. You're just on your way home, you're going to your your uh, parking lot, or you're at a stoplight. Kaboom! Here come some people trying to hurt you and steal your car. Five one two eight three six zero five ninety. The U.S. Court of Appeals says that a man can continue with his lawsuit against Buffalo City police officers. He got a ticket. For shouting at a police officer. What's the background on this, Melinda? One, let me just say, the whole story is absolutely ridiculous. Uh, This guy that is suing claims that he and his wife are leaving a restaurant. They see a vehicle that does not have its headlights on and barely misses a couple of pedestrians in the area. The guy rolls down his window, yells at the car, hey, turn on your headlights and then whatever bad word came out of his mouth after that. Uh, Well, the car that he was yelling at was a police cruiser who then stopped, pulled him over and told him that he couldn't talk that way. And I don't know, it sounds like he continued to say, you need to turn your lights on, which makes sense to me. Mm -hmm, But um, they ticketed him for being too loud, like a noise, like breaking a noise ordinance. Yeah. I, I don't, they, they shouldn't arrest. This guy was doing a public service. This vehicle missed a couple of pedestrians, and I'm sure the frustration, turn on your blank lights. Uh, he never should have been charged in the first place. Now, and the only well, reason, he was. He got a oh, ticket. I know he was, yeah. Right, yeah. and that was eventually dismissed at a hearing, and this guy said he wouldn't have filed suit except for uh, there was another incident in the city he claims the same officers that pulled him over and gave him that ticket were involved in this, and I think it ended 
that this other incident ended in the death of someone else. And he said that's what spurred him to go ahead and file this lawsuit. Originally, a judge dismissed the case, but he appealed and the appeals court came back and said, no, you can go forward with it. Uh, you can weigh in with your thoughts. 512-836-0590. A U.S. District Court judge who agreed with giving this guy a ticket said the volume of his voice and the nature of his yell in the presence of bystanders, a reasonable person of normal sensitivities could be annoyed by the volume and the yelling. And they could have their quiet, comfort, and repose disturbed by the yelling. That is such... What what about the quiet comfort when this cop car, without their lights on, rolls over a couple of people? Yeah, I, it, it's it's ridiculous. I don't think that it's cool to not be respectful to everybody. But if you, it's it was what eight thirty at night. They said couldn't see if you don't yeah. have your lights on and you are almost hitting someone. I don't see a problem with saying, "Hey, turn your lights on." Maybe you don't use the bad word, but I don't think that means you get a ticket for it. This man says he didn't even know it was a police car until after they stopped and then they he could see, "Uh-oh, these are police." It was just hard to see the markings on the SUV. He yeah. did not know it was a police unit. His ticket was ultimately dismissed at a city hearing. But now he is suing the police, and a federal appeals court says he can go forward with the lawsuit. 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts. USA Today says big changes are coming to the SAT, and not everyone is happy. These are coming in the very near future, including that the test is going to be digital, except in certain circumstances. Yeah, uh, interesting that... People are worried about this. People who study, who study traditionally and have used pencil and paper, and some are concerned. There was some an example of a young woman who had headaches and couldn't stand in front of the computer. It's all going to be moved to digital. It's all going to be moved to digital. And then some concern. I'm. This is the one where I think you just have to adjust because this is the way of the world. And if you have special accommodations, I think they will still let you take it. I would think they would let you take it with pen and paper. So My concern has zero to do with it switching to digital and everything to do with you answer a first set of questions based on how well of a job you did determines what type of questions you get in the second half of that. So let's just take the math mm-hmm. portion of this. Let's say there's 40 questions total. The first 20 You do a really crappy job answering it. So the next 20 are going to be softball questions. Um, If you did really good on that first 20, then they're going to continue to get harder. That's my issue. There should not be any, well, if you did this, you get this. It should be the exact same questions for every single person that takes the test. How else do you get a great representation of where they stand? Yeah, this is, remember, this is supposed to be a predictor of college success or failure. And uh, those professors in college are not going to constantly adjust the questions based on how you performed. maybe, Mark. Uh. Have you been hearing about these professors lately? (laughs) So that, that really is the biggest complaint that people have. It's called adaptive questioning. That's what the college board is calling it, adaptive questioning. In the first half, if you do well, it gets harder. If you bomb the first half, they make it much easier. 
in the back half of the questioning. To me, why even bother? I know that the, a lot of colleges have gone away from the SAT. Why even bother? You and I, that we're not taking the same test. Mm-hmm. We're, and that's not how you get the best representation of where they are. All right, 512-836-0590. John, you're on KLBJ with Mark, Melinda, and Ed. How are you today, John? I'm doing well, and I'm, I'm in a district. I don't want to bring up my district, and I have to deal with this. The college board is not only setting up the SAT that way, but starting next year, there are 10 of their advanced placement courses that are only going to be digital. Okay. And such as English um, for, for, the, for language and literature and, and the U.S. government, things of that nature. And um, in 2000, when we, had the, when we had the issue with COVID and things were online, they worked through a bunch of us, had a bunch of problems. And I agree with Melinda now that we're doing the key, you know, about how people learn and how they have to go about what they're doing. Um, a lot of the kids are going to get, we call blue screens, and there is a progression. And so if they're not trained correctly, like matter of fact, I'm getting ready to give a, an SAT boot camp to, uh, on Saturday to 220 kids, and it's all about paper. Oh. And, and so John, it's, it's go- John yes, can, can you hold on for a moment, please? Sure. Okay, great. Uh, uh, appreciate that. We're going to uh, get you up to date on the news headlines. We'll continue with John coming up just ahead. You can join us, too, at 512-836-0590. It's Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. Good afternoon, 331. Hope you're having an excellent afternoon. Jack is here producing. One of the stories we're discussing is USA Today is reporting there are changes coming to the SAT. It's going to be digital starting in uh, March. And then another thing they're doing is called adaptive in nature questioning. Uh, They're going to split sections into two. If a student performs poorly on the first section, the questions get easier in the back half. If they do well in the first half of questioning, the questions get more difficult as they move forward. John was nice enough to hold on. He is in the field of education. John, thank you for holding over. Uh, If you would, please go back just real quickly. Do you have an objection with making it digital at this point? Absolutely not. Okay. Um, Because we get instantaneous results as opposed to what we get now. Okay. Well, and I would think, as far as the students are concerned, practically everything they do is is digital. digital. Yes, ma'am. And when you were talking about adaptions, there is a a window of opportunity well prior to the test date where students or parents can come in and meet with the counselors and validate the type of modifications Mm -hmm. that are required and send it into the college board for those adaptations. Okay. You know, it is it is limited, but there are some. And the, the tiered, what they're talking about, is the same type of system we use for uh, college work for the uh, TSIA-2, which is a test to show students are proficient in math and in English. 
And it, and what happens is the test, the questions get progressively more difficult until you miss one, then it goes a little bit lower. And then that's how they plane you out. So if you, if that's where you're at and you take that lower question and you get it right and they give you an upper one, you get it wrong, then that's where your level is. And with the writing, if you don't meet a certain standard on the multiple choice for you, you get what we call a, a, an analysis report and you go backwards and you have to answer 45 questions and then rewrite an essay. Mm. Are and you then, a, are you a proponent of that type of a system? I think it's beneficial to the students because, because with, with these type of tests, you can go back and retake them and you can modify your scores by simply seeing where your deficiencies are. But it just depends on the parent and the student if they're willing to do that. Now, I, I got a question, and you might have just answered it, but I, I didn't do well on my SAT. Say I have a good <laughs> first half of an SAT, but I have a lousy second half. How does that balance out, or is it by question by question, John? Well, they, they look at a percentage of the questions, and, and in the first in the first round, you may be you're doing uh, let's say grammar, okay? And you're reading and you're doing grammar, and you're scoring well. And if you deplete and you depreciate in the second half, the questions, the analytics will go back to that area. So you'll get a score kind of like when you, the old days, like back in the dinosaur days. I got math and I got and I got English. And then they would combine them, and there your scores are. Well, they're kind of doing the same thing, but they're going to pinpoint where the fallacies are, where the problems are. So okay. it's a pretty good diagnostic okay. tool if the parents are willing to look at it. John, thank you so and much, sir. We appreciate it. You know, okay, you know, I'd like to say one more thing. I'll get out of your way. Yes, yes. You guys have got things to do. But, but like when Melinda said, like, what's the use? A friend of mine is, a, is the admissions director at at Southern Methodist University, and when everything's equal, they look at the SAT, even though they don't require it, and they look at the, the essay part, the writing part. And even though the SAT says that that's optional, that could be the difference between Melinda getting in or Mark getting in, is how well that essay is written. Why not just require an essay as part of your admission application? They had it that way, and I don't know, kiddo. I really don't. Hmm. <laughs> Well, John, uh, you may have seen it that Dartmouth College this week announced they're going back to the policy of requiring the SAT scores for admissions yes, consideration. I think, I think they need to. Yeah, I think so, too. I, that, that's a good move. 100%. Yeah. Kids are more articulate now, but they, 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 they're not intuitive writers. But anyway, y'all have a nice weekend. You Thanks, too. John. Thanks. Thank you. John, thank you. 512-836-0590, the Ohio 15-year-old student says he took a hit off of a vape, and that's why he beat a 60-year-old female teacher into an unconscious state with brain damage. That's his excuse for the vicious assault. And now no Ohio excuse. prosecutors demand that this 15-year-old be charged as an adult in this case. I think he's going to be have to. He needs to be charged because this was, this was vicious, vicious, vicious. This school teacher's head trauma was so severe... From the blows, the surgeons removed her skull cap to relieve pressure on the brain. She was unconscious for several days. This was a brutal, vicious attack. I don't care what he was smoking right before that. I think it's very alarming that the statement that his attorney has put out, um, and he's saying, listen, my client wasn't even conscious of his actions at the time. He said, comes from a great family, no criminal record. Basically, consumed a vape, 
didn't know there were drugs in it, and that's what uh, facilitated his conduct, therefore, after. He's not like these other people in the community, so you shouldn't go after them like that. That's just gross. That is a horrible statement. I'm with you, Ed. I don't care what his background is. He willingly took a hit off of this vape, which means you also take the risk of not knowing what's in that and that it may have some adverse reactions with you, but that in no way excuses you to go and beat up on a classmate and then do the severe beatdown that you did on this teacher. We have to start standing up for the teachers. And here, here is one example. They do need to bring down the full weight of the justice system on this 15-year-old. It's, it's long overdue. Teachers are leaving in droves because of these kinds of violent outbursts, and you can't blame them. 512-836-0590. Another alarming part of the story, it says prosecutors have been grappling with assault and murder cases, all stemming from this drug-induced psycho- psychosis. And you've got the defense attorneys all saying, well, their clients are just unable to comprehend their actions. We talked about the case where the girl said she took a hit off of Ava and ended up stabbing. Yeah, over 100 times. And they told her, oh, well, you didn't know what you were doing. It was okay. Um, Perhaps instead of going in this way that we have been of trying to legalize every single drug that is out there, we go back Mm -hmm. to not making them legal and really having real punishments behind those that do these types of things. I don't care if you're drunk or you're high out of your mind. You did it. You did it. You Again, like Severely. we were talking about earlier, if it's a crime, it's a crime. Whatever the reasoning is behind it, it doesn't matter. That doesn't preclude you from having to go in front of a court and answer for that. You still did the crime. Yes, and I'm sure the high school already had a policy in place saying no vaping on campus. Oh, I'm sure. 512-836-0590. We'd like to hear your thoughts. The Austin Chronicle is reporting that interim Austin City Manager Jesus Garza almost quit over that whole fiasco with former Police Chief Art Acevedo. They're reporting that members of the Austin City Council wanted to take him behind closed doors and grill him about the Acevedo measure and about other things, and he would have none of it, Melinda. I have to say, this made me chuckle when I was reading it. He was like, you want me to have a closed-door meeting with you guys? I would rather walk. Um, and I think he's in this position. He's, he's in a unique position. One, he was put there by this mayor. There was nothing else that was assigned to it. He knows he's not staying there. Right. He knows he does not have to answer to them per se. Um, so he's kind of in the unique position where he can do this. But my giggling came from even he knows being with those council members just <laughs> that's too much. I don't want to sit in a room with them. We, no. are, we are a city manager run government. Let me repeat that. We, the city manager is the head of the city government and makes decisions like this. Sure, they can have questions about the hiring, but if he doesn't want to do it, he doesn't have to do it. And what bothered me about this story from our friends at the Austin Chronicle, in the second line, city manager Jesus Garza over his surprise hiring of a wild, widely detested former police chief. Isn't that a little editorializing in a news story and who says he was widely detested 
I know a lot of people who admired Acevedo, who liked Art Acevedo. That's the narrative from the far, far, far extremist left that rules our city government. Widely detested. All right, let's go to Vincent. He's got some comments on the Ohio high school student who savagely beat the 60-year-old teacher. Welcome, Vincent. How are you today? I'm doing great. How are you all today? Very fine. Thank you. Welcome. Oh, thanks. And I just want to say before I start, you know, I listen to you all every day. I love your program, and I really appreciate uh, the content and everything that you know y'all talk about. It's a it's a nice it's a nice uh, drive home, as all I'll say. I, I really appreciate it. But well, yeah, that's great. We we on. appreciate you, Vincent. Thank you. Thank you. And and I just want to talk about this fifteen year old that uh, decided you know he was going to beat up his teacher. Um, you know, as an adult, and and, and honestly, uh, even as a child, you know, under the age of eighteen, anywhere in this country. If, you consume a substance, you get behind the wheel of a car, and you kill someone. Um, it's intoxication manslaughter. Yes. Nine times out of ten. Yes. So, and, and in some, and I'm not to excuse these, those types of incidents, but in some cases, they're not necessarily willful. You know, I didn't drink, get on the road, and then decide that I want to kill someone tonight or, or injure them. Um, this student decided he was going to hit a vape um, and then willfully beat up his teacher. Um, and what is the difference there? I mean, you know, the attorneys, I guess, are trying to use uh, whatever substance was in this vape um, to say that their 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 uh, you know client was basically mentally insane. I guess that's maybe what they're trying to say is like he wasn't conscious or able to make his own decisions. Um, so I, I'm trying to figure out you know why it's that way on this, um, what logical argument that is versus um, if I or any of you were to get behind the wheel under the influence of any substance and kill someone here's, or severely injured. Them. Here's my stance on this. Um, what he did was an adult thing. You're not supposed to vape. You're not supposed to sure, uh, not. participate that. in any of these drugs or alcohol or anything until you're an adult. You want to do an adult thing as a 15-year-old, you got to face the adult consequences. Absolutely. I mean, try him as an adult. And, and let's, be, you know, let's be honest here. Everyone needs to be honest here about, about what occurred. And... You know, I don't I don't see the difference between, you know, and just as one example of intoxication, manslaughter um, or intoxication, assault and what this child did. You know, I don't know what the statues are up there, but I don't I don't see any difference in it. He, he's an, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's an adult. And, you know, regardless of, of hitting a vape, which you, again, are not supposed to do, like Melinda said, um, that doesn't excuse this type of willful behavior. It's disgusting. Thank you, Vincent. You have a great day. We appreciate it. 512-836-0590. Governor Greg Abbott is on the border right now making an announcement about border security. Let's listen in to the governor. For smugglers to 10 years. If you smuggle somebody into or through and across the state of Texas illegally, you'll be spending a long time behind bars. In addition to what the Texas Department of Public Safety has been doing, We've also had unprecedented success by the Texas National Guard. Uh, they have more than a million encounters with illegal immigrants. Uh, they have turned back more than 90,000 people who were trying to get into the country illegally. In addition to what they're doing uh, through other agencies and in part through what uh, the uh, National Guard themselves are doing, uh, there have been more than uh, 160 miles altogether of barriers placed up, not counting the border wall. Uh, they include the, the razor wire, uh, fencing, 
anti-climb barriers, these connex boxes uh, and the buoys uh, that are in the river. Those together add up to more than 160 miles of barriers that have been placed up. Also, Texas is the first and only state in the history of the United States of America to build our own border wall. We, if you look at the amount of wall already constructed and uh, the amount of wall that uh, is going to be under construction, Texas will have built more of the Trump border wall than even Trump built in the state of Texas. Now, the, the, the results are amazing. If, if you look at what has changed with regard to illegal border crossings in the past half year or so, you see that to, even though Texas represents about two-thirds of the border, we represent only about 30% of the crossings. The, the lead crossing areas are California, Arizona, and New Mexico that represent 70% of the crossings. Now, unlike before, migrants are choosing to go to states other than Texas. And that's because Texas has put up the resistance that it has. Early on under the Biden administration, most of the migrants were coming through Texas. That's not true. The same is true for this area that we gather in right now. If you look at this uh, massive park area, this is an area where you would regularly see 2,000, 3,000, maybe 4,000 people crossing the border illegally. Since this park has been taken over by the National Guard, the daily average is under 10 a day. It shows that deterrence can achieve results at decreasing illegal immigration. The only reason why it's not happening is because the President of the United States is not enforcing the laws that are already on the books. He does not need more laws. He has the tools in his toolbox to do exactly what Texas is doing, and that's to deny illegal entry into the country, which he is required to do by laws already passed by Congress. Part of the teamwork that we're seeing uh, is, is tremendous leadership uh, by the Texas National Guard uh, to look forward about where we are going. Uh, we are working with the Texas National Guard on strategies to both add and to accommodate more National Guard in this area. We will also work with the National Guard to continue their strategies of adding more miles of razor wire and anti-climb barrier. To also recognize another branch of government in Texas uh, that is a partner in this effort, uh, and that's the legislative branch. The tools and strategies that DPS, the National Guard, that I and others have uh, to do anything to secure the border would not exist if it weren't for the efforts of uh, the members of the Texas House of Representatives. I want to have some of them speak at this time, in, including uh, the Chair of House Appropriations, Chairman Greg Bonnet. All right, that's Governor, you, Governor Greg Abbott live in Eagle Pass right now down there on the border outlining what he says are very effective measures Texas has employed and have brought about a dramatic reduction in illegal crossings into Texas. That's a great line. He said deterrence equal results. Deterrence equal results. And he said less than 10 people now, they're at Eagle Pass. Sadly, they're going into Mexico and Arizona and California. But um, And he also said, I thought was very strong, there are no more laws that are needed. We have laws on the books. They're not being adhered to by this administration. 
yeah, stating the obvious there, all of this talk in D.C. as to do we need to do this, do we need to do more money on this? Again, it, it never was about securing the border as far as that border security bill was concerned. And Abbott is absolutely correct. All you need to do is put up that deterrence and you see that it has an impact. 512-836-0590. Get in here and join the conversation. It's Mark, Melinda, and Ed on KLBJ. Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Are you upgrading to your dream home this year with brand new construction? Don't let that dream become a nightmare. Along with new construction, unfortunately, can also come construction delays and maybe even that move-in date continuously changing. With Orchards Move First, Sell Later, you stay in your old home until that brand new one is ready to move in. I'm talking you are moving the boxes in, and then Orchard will get busy making sure to sell your old house, handling every detail, including listing prep, showing, and even price-boosting upgrades. Be sure to visit Orchard.com to get a free home valuation. That's Orchard.com. From the talk of the town. I hate it for all of the liberals trying to ruin it. To the talk of the world. Putin to Ukraine is the same as Lincoln is to the southern colonies. The conversation. I wanted to really talk about. Begins here. The open southern border. This is complete insanity. This conversation has completely made me crazy. I mean, this is a definition of insanity. I think we should stay out of this. What's it going to be like in 30 years from now? What kind of conversation are we going to be having? It never ends. Never, never a slow day. On News Radio. KLBJ. We always want to know what's on your mind. Text your comments or questions to the Smart Air Cooling and Heating text line at 512-836-0590. On your radio or streaming on your digital device, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. 351, hope you're having a great afternoon. We just heard uh, live coverage of Governor Greg Abbott in Eagle Pass talking about what he believes are the very positive results of adding additional razor wire and barriers. He says in Eagle Pass, they're now averaging 10 or fewer encounters a day. Back in December, on the 22nd, it was thousands per day, five, six, seven thousand per day in Eagle Pass. He says they are planning on adding more wire and barriers, more guard members down there. The Texas Guard also, in about three weeks, starting in March, will begin arresting people who cross illegally and holding them until they go before a judge where they're going to get a choice. You can agree voluntarily to be deported to Mexico or you can do six months in jail. What's your answer? And I think that is also part of the deterrence. The uh, cartels are saying, wait a minute, Texas is going to start arresting these people and deporting them. Let's just take them to New Mexico, Arizona, California. It'll be bad for their business if that word gets out where you took them to. Yes. They just got deported or arrested. Um, I know we came in at the uh, as it was already in progress, and we came in at the time that he was talking about uh, smugglers, caught smugglers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounded like he was saying would get 10 years prison. Is that minimal because that still seems a little low to me because you're knowingly bringing people here illegally a lot of times that leads into even more uh, running from the officers even more illegal acts being committed uh the state legislature approved increasing it from two years in prison to 10 years well okay that's a step in the right direction but 10 years still sounds well and and 
did they answer the question about is that per person in the vehicle? Because a lot of times it's not just one person. Uh, I'd have to check on that to see if it's per person in or the vehicle. Or car load. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you. I think it should be even longer than that, but it's a step in the right direction. You can weigh in with your thoughts, 512-836-0590. Governor Greg Abbott obviously is keeping the pressure on President Biden with this news conference. Also today, NBC News is reporting that President Biden and his team for months have been thinking about having Biden do additional executive actions designed to cut down on the flow of illegal crossings on the border. Now, what do you make of that story that's I'm, been leaked out? I'm not sure he really wants to curb any people coming across the border. I think he's more concerned with hiring more judges and trying to make the optics look better at the border than all the massive amounts of people we've seen before. I just don't see him changing course right now to say we're going to make it very we're going to make it difficult. It may he may do it because politics are at play. This is a big issue to voters, but. That's just what against what he's been doing for three and a half years. And that's what I make of it. This is all about the messaging. Um, they're going to go out there and tell you the Republicans, you know, we tried to do we tried to do it the right way. We tried to go through Congress to get this to go through the border security. Republicans uh, did not go along with that. And so now we're seeing how we can do it. We being Biden with an executive order knowing all along it was his original executive order that created this crisis. And at any time, he could have come back and changed that. He has not. They see this as the big downfall of his campaign, and they're just trying to put a message out there. No, really, we're, we're we about securing yeah. the border. Uh, the Biden administration has sued Texas trying to get a court order to force Texas to remove those buoys in the Rio Grande River. KSAT News in San Antonio has an interesting story today reporting that the buoys actually were the idea of the U.S. Border Patrol. Border Patrol Chief Rodney Scott, who's now retired, says, yeah, we did a lot of testing developing buoys that we wanted to use in the Rio Grande River. The administration changed and all that got shut down before actual contracts were written and before it was actually deployed operationally. Yeah, so he says the testing and development was going on under the Trump administration. Mm -hmm. It was Biden who ordered them to stop all possible use of buoys down there. So we used them to try to get over it, under it. We had them jump actually off the side of a pool onto the buoys uh, to see if anybody got injured or anything. He's talking about the testing they were doing. Again, it just demonstrates that this was the Biden administration that created this crisis. Um, now it is coming to back to haunt them. They didn't think it would go this way. Everybody would be on board with it. It's coming back to haunt them, and they're thinking, oh, well, we got to step up and say we're really tough on the border and then try to somehow blame this on Trump. When you, this is just another example of under Trump, how the border was secure, things yeah. that they were thinking about doing. And then when you look at what Texas is doing and the mere fact that the Biden administration is suing Texas from securing their own border here at Texas tells you everything you need to know about their sincerity of securing the border. 512-836-0590. You can call, you can text us. We have news next. 
at the top of the hour from Fox, and Rachel has Austin News. You can catch Ed just ahead, 4 to 6, on 102.7 ESPN Sports Talk with Jeff Ward. Most professional exterior paint jobs are guaranteed two to three years. Rhino Shield is guaranteed for 25 years. Hey, everybody, Todd Jeffries here for Rhino Shield. It's a ceramic coating that is eight times thicker than paint. It can be applied over any surface, including wood, bricks, stucco, steel, hardy board, vinyl, even your roof. And right now, they're offering a 15% discount. For a free quote, Texas Rhino Shield at 855 Rhino TX. That's 855 Rhino TX. And online, Texas Rhino Shield dot com. 